Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mindset Magic. I am your host, Andy Colleen, an entrepreneur, life, and mindset coach. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about how you can start to live a life that is unique and innate to you. And so this episode is really going to go through three specific tips for you to start to apply to your own life if you are having a hard time identifying what it is that you are meant to be doing. So what is your intuition telling you to do? What is your unique, exciting, joyful, rich life actually meant to be? These are things that a lot of people have a very hard time answering because we spend so much of our life not knowing how to untangle and dismantle the conditioning that everyone else and all the experiences we've been through have impressed upon us and our internal system that then processes that information and causes us to go out and live the life that we perceive to be living in the moment. So this is what we're really going to be diving into today. So if you feel like you have ever had a hard time identifying what your intuition is or identifying what your next step is, like actually making the decision to move forward and go do that, or if you've had a hard time saying, like answering the question, who am I? Like, what do I actually want? Now, I know the question, who am I? That can be a very deep question. But in this regard, how we're talking about it today, it's the question of like, what do I actually want next? Like, if it didn't matter, like, what do I want to do? What do I enjoy? What does my like richness in life actually look like? Then this is going to be a really good episode for you because we're going to give you some stuff to actually work on for this. And before I jump into the episode, I'm actually going to share a little bit more about the time in my life that this was really showing up for me because it was kind of at the heart of me making pretty dramatic shifts and changes in my life. And I think a lot of people will resonate with the space that I was in. If you've been around for a while, you might've heard this in one of my first couple episodes, but so much of my start in this work happened when I was still in my corporate career. So out of school, I took a job that was perceivedly my dream job out in Washington, DC with a big corporate technology consulting firm. And I was doing a lot of work out there. I was kind of living that like yo pro lifestyle. I was swiping the corporate Amex. I was doing all of the things and I had never been more miserable. And that didn't hit me right away. It hit me a couple months into being there. And because I had never actually taken the time to do a lot of the things we're going to talk through, I was really, really struggling because I kept trying to fit myself into different boxes. At first I thought, Ooh, maybe it's another promotion that I need to fix myself or, Ooh, maybe I need to just date this person instead and it'll all be okay. And maybe I need to lose some more weight and then it'll all be okay. And so I basically kept kind of forcing myself to check all these boxes because I was in so much pain and so unhappy where I was that I was able to motivate myself to do just about anything, no matter how hard I was working, because I was so fed up and unhappy with who I was. And so at this time, as I kind of would like check the boxes that I thought would fix things and then they wouldn't fix things, I would like find myself still pretty unhappy. I started to unravel essentially. And at this point, the problems that I had were pretty blaringly obvious and hopefully you are not kind of in that position, but I was really struggling with disordered eating and exercise. So I was running 10 miles a day every single morning before work, waking up at the crack of dawn, 
on in order to do that so that I could eat just a, like some food during the day. I was very structured on what I was eating. I would get nervous going to happy hours, but was going to them anyway, because I was afraid of how much I would have to eat if people would, it would be obvious, all of that, that fun stuff. And at that point, I knew that, like I knew I had a problem with eating. It was not just kind of like a blind thing to me anymore. When it came to eating and exercise, I kind of realized that the things that I was saying to everyone around me were lies and they were lies to myself as well. And so my challenge and like my start of this is I realized that everything was crumbling was healing this part of me, right? Healing all of the stuff that was very blaringly obvious that I just needed to change. Like I needed to stop running 10 miles a day. That that was plain and simple. And I just needed to drop the act. And so as I did that, I was finding that I had a lot more time back. But in that time, I was having such a hard time being by myself without other people that I didn't know what to do. I was getting panicky. I was getting anxious. I started doing a whole nother form of disordered eating. And it was just really, really crappy. And it was in this space of like feeling super unhappy with everything that I started to realize the main thing that I was scared of or I was having a hard time acknowledging was the fact that I didn't know what was next and I didn't even know what I wanted to be next because I had exhausted every option. I had finally picked up that every promotion wasn't going to fix the situation or how I felt, that the weight was not going to fix the situation or how I felt, that the people, like the boys, they weren't going to do it either. Like nothing I was doing was fixing anything. It was just causing me to feel more and more lost because I was exhausting the options. And so I started to basically lean into what does mindset work look like? Like, how do I shift beliefs? All of that. And it was in probably the space of a couple of years while I was still at that corporate job that I really was able to uncover who I was and what I wanted and have more clarity there, not complete clarity, but more clarity. And in doing so, a lot of the problems that I had, like the disordered eating, the disordered exercise, the kind of like, you know, work obsession or people obsession, busyness obsession, all those things, they started to almost heal themselves naturally. They kind of felt like things came very full circle. And that is over time how I led myself into this work. And so it was kind of a roundabout way, but now the position I'm in was is very different because I'm very clear on what my intuition sounds and feels like. I am very clear on what I want and I'm very clear on who I am, what I want to do at this moment. Do I know my 10-year plan? No freaking way. I am not even close and I don't feel the need to know my 10-year plan. I also don't feel the need to necessarily explain it to anyone else outside of myself or to justify the things that I really want to do because I feel very clear on them. I feel very confident in myself. The belief that I have in the fact that these things are coming is pretty unshakable at this point. And I trust myself more than I trust anyone else in this planet. And that feels amazing to say because that was not the case at that time where I was crippling or I was broken and I was questioning everything about everything around me. And so what we're going to talk about now are the three tips or the three things that I was really doing at that point or three things that you can do at this point right now for yourself to help you shed the different conditioning that has been pressed upon you so you can step into a position in your life where you feel more in tune with yourself. You feel like you can trust yourself more and you feel like you could believe in yourself more. And so 
that is really what is going to take you into that position of knowing what it is you want to do next. And when you can identify what it is you want to do next, and that means just you, not you with all the conditioning of everyone else around you, but just you at the heart of everything. When you take that conditioning away, you take all the beliefs that society has given you away, you take all of that, all of those experiences, everything. When you identify who you are at that core, your life just automatically becomes exactly you. It becomes rich and unique and interesting. And when you do that, you're going to notice that people are kind of going to see that in you and they're going to comment on it. So if you're listening to this right now and part of you wants a unique and rich, interesting life because you want to stand out for your friends or you want to like stand out in work, you've noticed yourself kind of saying things to people that just you want to make yourself seem more interesting than you think you are right now, well, then this is how you kind of do that authentically. Now, I'm going to take away the fact that there's a whole other piece of conditioning that goes into this. If you want to appear interesting to other people around you, but like, and I say that because again, I was that person. I definitely wanted to appear more interesting than I was. It was that that kind of draw. But if we take that away, right? All of us at the end of the day want to feel so good and so in love and so like just immersed in our life that we don't have to care about what other people think. We don't have to care about what's coming next because we feel so good where we are, right? Like, you can't tell me you don't want that. You don't want to love yourself and just be so, so able to be present in the moment that every moment feels so extremely rich that you just want to grasp onto it for dear life. Not live in your head, not try to put out an act. You just want that to be an automatic kind of innate response, an innate kind of path that shows up. And so the way that we do that is basically by figuring out what is preventing you from doing that now? Because that is the actual problem. That is where we need to focus our attention on. And for that, I have these three lovely tips that will hopefully help you on that journey for yourself. So number one is very straightforward. It's start to consistently do the mindset work. I've heard this put from other people as well, like very successful business owners who have said that the number one thing that they have done to reach the level of success in their business is not actually anything strategic. It's the fact that every single day they have forced themselves to do mindset work because they know that at the end of the day, this is what moves the needle the most for them consistently. And when I say mindset work, mindset work is the process of deconditioning yourself from the beliefs and the values and the experiences that you have lived through for your entire life and asking yourself, what is it that I actually believe? How do I actually see that? And because a lot of times we don't actually know how we would believe or how we would see things innately and instinctively because we've been living in this conditioned way of life for so long, mindset work is where you don't even focus on that. You just focus on dismantling the things you think to be true right now that don't necessarily have to be true. And so mindset work, I love it, obviously, it's my entire career now, is where I encourage you to start. Now, this could look so different, right? 
It can look like journaling. It can look like hypnotherapy. It could look like, you know, just talking to yourself or doing some tapping sessions. It can look like, honestly, it can look like like workouts, right? It could look like going on a walk. It could look like going on a run. It can be working with a coach. It can be so many things. But at the core of the mindset work that I'm going to encourage you to do, the thing that you can do every single day is get up and write down what is triggering you and why and help yourself start to see the patterns of what's coming up. So when I say that, just getting up, writing in a journal, like writing, physically writing, this is important, write what is coming up for you and why it is frustrating you and just start to go through it. If you want to take it to another level, start to identify what core fears are showing up beneath the why, because there's most definitely a core fear there and probably a belief that lies underneath that. And if you can start doing that every single day, even for just 10 minutes a day, I promise you over the course of a month, you're going to start to see some really blaringly obvious patterns of some of the things you've been conditioned to see. And patterns are not mistakes. Patterns are an indication of what you subconsciously believe and see things to be. And because we know a belief is basically like just the definition of belief says that it is not always true and it is not always false. It is a chosen thing then that you have learned to believe. And therefore your system is now processing every bit of information that's coming into it at every moment in your life. And it's running it through the filter that is that belief. So think of your beliefs as filters. When you take in all that information, it goes through the filter and that belief determines what information stays in you that you actually then get to consciously become aware of at times. Sometimes it just lives subconsciously and that's even more scary to think about, right? It doesn't have to be scary, but it can be. Um, so when it comes to that, when you start to identify those beliefs, those patterns that are showing up, because there's a pattern in all the information that's coming through you and what's showing up, those same fears, those same ideas, those are the things you know you've learned at one point in time. And because you know you've learned them, you also have the ability to change them. And so that is why tip number one is 100% to just keep doing the mindset work. And if there's one piece of mindset work that you want to do and you want to start doing right now, pull out your journal, write down the things that are triggering you, why they're triggering you and what fear lies below them for every single day. And just watch as things start to get uncovered. Tip number two, personality tests. Now this one I'm going to, I've talked about personality tests before, but I'm going to kind of put a different spin on it because personality tests are so, so valuable, not because they're correct in how you see yourself, but they provide you another way of viewing yourself and your situation. So you might, you know, take the Enneagram, right? And if you take the Enneagram, maybe you get your Enneagram number as a three or a one or a seven or whatever it is. And what I commonly find is that people get that And they look at it and they're like, holy shit, this is so accurate. Or they look at it and they're like, this doesn't describe me at all. And they just chalk it up to that. But personality tests are so valuable, not because the information they provide you is correct, but because that information provides you another viewpoint to look at yourself through. And this viewpoint, when used without judgment, right? Like looking at it as if you are completely neutral, it'll be very, very valuable to you. Now, the way that we usually get tripped up with personality tests is that we take them, we get 
you know, diagnosed as a nine. And because we get diagnosed as a nine, maybe we like the number nine for the personality type, or we don't like it. We have a like meaning that we've associated to it outside of the fact that this is just my personality type. And we start to get kind of like either a superiority complex or an inferiority complex because we have been diagnosed, diagnosed in quotes, with this number for a personality type. But you have to remember that that is not the the fact that you even have a negative or positive view of different personality types is a conditioning. It's a learned way of looking at it. And so take a step back and first off, ask yourself where you learned that to look at these kind of numbers or different types, right? If you're doing like the Myers-Briggs, like, and maybe you get like an INFP or something. I don't even know if those are the right letters <laughs> that I'm saying, but you get it. If you take a different test and you get a different one and you feel either happy or sad about it, ask yourself where you learned to be happy or sad about that. Why did that happen? Where did you learn that there was a meaning associated with that other than it was just a neutral way to look at yourself? Because those are going to be kind of exposing some of the additional layers of conditioning that are coming up for you. And then you can bring that neutral view to the personality test and ask yourself, how much of this really resonates with me? How much of it doesn't? And the more you practice being neutral in your way of looking at yourself, the more you're breaking free of that conditioning and you're actually really leaning into who you are. Now, side note on personality types and tests and all of it, they are not there to just let you say, oh, this is what's going on with me cool, and then move on. They're there for you to do something with. So if you get a personality result, a test result in any form or attachment styles, like that feeds into this category too. If you get an attachment style and you read it and you're like, ooh, all right, that was insightful. And then you just leave it. That's not going to do you any good. You have to start applying that to what's going on in your life. So how can you change your behavior now that you realize this is how you respond? If you know that you're conflict avoidant, how can you start to lean into productive conflict? And again, conflict doesn't have to be like, you know, fighting, like fist fight. It can be just a really nice conversation calm conversation where you practice expressing yourself and the things that you've been holding back from the things that are really like hiding inside of you. The more you can lean into the insights, the personality test is bringing you and start to act on them. The more we start to defeat that conditioning and all of this work is essentially working to bring you back to neutral. And at that neutral space, you become the most you because you're not acting based on conditioning. You're acting just based on who you are. And you don't have to think about who you are because it's just what happens by nature of you getting rid of the conditioning around you. And therefore, your life starts to become more unique in the process. So personality tests are another really great way to do that. And that is why it's tip two. Yeah, that's about all I got for that one. <laughs> so tip three then is probably going to be very hard for most people, I would say. Um, because tip number three is to spend time alone. And when I say time alone, I don't mean sit in your bedroom with the TV on while you scroll TikTok, while you read a book, while you journal. I mean, spend time alone consistently without doing those type of things because the distractions are only conditioning you further. I would say that if you're journaling, it's probably a more productive time alone. If that makes it easier for you. 
But also other ways of doing it are going on a walk without anything in your ears or like going on, like working out without listening to anything, right? That's another great way to do it. Just put yourself in situations where you are detaching from the people that you are around most of the time. Because real, like whether you realize it or not, they're the ones that have created the conditioning most recently for you. Now, I will say most of our conditioning happens between the ages of zero and eight, but that's not to say that as you kind of go through different life phases, you're not being further conditioned by those around you. And so that's why time alone is so valuable is because as you're doing this work and as you're kind of, you know, leaning away from the different conditioning that has been pressed upon you, you can start to see that more clearly when it's not constantly being triggered left and right. So if, you know, your friend Bob like shows up every single day and he says the same old sayings and the same old things, you're not going to be able to separate from what Bob is saying as easily as if you've had a couple weeks away. And then when you have a couple weeks away, you start to see, oh, that's just how Bob sees the world, right? But there are kind of like those nuances to Bob that we don't even realize until we've separated for long enough to see them. Now, some of them you're going to see in the moment, but a lot of them are so nuanced to us and they're so normalized to us. We can't actually notice them until we are separated from it. So this time alone phase is incredibly important because you start to basically like pause the conditioning for a second and learn to look inside. So you're not kind of um, almost having like the results that you're creating, like the deconditioning you're doing be rebuilt up in the moment. So that is why this is kind of like the last tip. And I think when it comes to time alone, we get kind of scared because we're not used to spending it, especially not with distractions or without distractions. And so if you feel resistant to this or scared of it, it is okay. A lot of people are. And I will say this was one of the hardest things for me to do in my healing journey and my deconditioning journey to kind of like that allowed me to create a life that is more meant for me. And realistically, it's still one of the hardest things for me because it's especially the people that you actually really value in your life. You don't want to pull apart from them. And there is a level to this work, just being very honest here, there is a level to this work where you are at one point going to feel further away from the people in your life before you feel closer to them again. In the long run, this has helped most of the friendships for me. Like it's helped most of my relationships in the long run taking the time to step away from people, figure myself out and then come back to them. But there was a period of time where I felt a little bit isolated and that isolation time was actually incredibly healing and incredibly vital for me. It was a really good thing in the long run, but it was hard because I first off wasn't expecting it. So at least you have a heads up here, but also it's just not what you're used to, right? It's not what we've learned to be normal or natural. And it causes a lot of questions as to why do I feel so different than everyone else around me? And at the end of the day, it's funny because that's what you want. You want to feel different. You want to feel like you, you want to feel unique. You're not meant to be everyone else around you, but in order for you to get there, there's going to be a period of isolation that you have to learn to work through. And so 
wherever you're at in this journey, know that when that kind of time comes up, it's okay. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of these friends. It just means that there's going to be a period of time as you're healing and you're deconditioning and you're becoming more you, that it's harder for you to lean into the friendships you once had that were so strong because you're trying to figure yourself out. You can't give, give, give to everyone else all the time. But as you continue to do that, people do get reintegrated into your life and your ability to be present for them and to be friends with them, not because they are giving something to you or they are making you feel a certain way, just because you care about them and you want to be with them, it improves. And that's the best feeling of all, because I will say my relationships are I didn't really think they were surface level before, and I wouldn't classify them as surface level, even kind of looking back, but they have gotten so much deeper. Like the ones that really matter have gotten so much deeper. And the ones that I can already tell are just probably not going to stay in my life and not because they're bad people or because there's anything wrong, which is because you know what? Some people are going to just click with you more. You're going to feel like you really want to be there for them. That's become more clear too. And As hard as that is for us to kind of work through and acknowledge, in the end, it's only allowing you to be more you. And it's okay for you to really embrace who you are. It's not a bad thing. It's a really good thing at the end of the day. It's actually the most fulfilling and wholesome feeling you're ever going to get. And that's at the core of everything you do. When you're at that place in your life, your life uniquely becomes you just automatically because that's just who you are. You don't have to think about it. It just happens. And because of that, you're able to give back to people more because being you doesn't take effort or energy. You can actually put into everyone else. So that is where I'm going to wrap this episode up for today. I hope that this resonated with you. If anything is coming up as you're listening through this, because I know we're hitting on some kind of big ticket topics, please send me a DM on Instagram. If this episode resonated with you and you think it would help other people, I would really, really appreciate it if you could share the episode on your Instagram stories. Just take a screenshot, tag me in it. It means the world. And realistically, if this is something that resonated and it's really kind of helping you shift how you're seeing things, then think of how how that could help other people as well. Maybe sharing it doesn't even look like an Instagram story. It could look like just sharing it to your mom or to a friend via text. But remember that when things really hit for you, we're bringing the humanity out in these conversations. So they're probably going to hit for other people as well. And if you really have enjoyed the podcast over the last months of me creating it, I would greatly appreciate it if you can leave a rating and review on either Apple or Spotify. They mean the world to me. I love reading through them and it really encourages me to keep going with the podcast and know that it's resonating, that you like it and that it's worth me putting the time in so that it can help shift things for you. So that is all I have for you today. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I will be back with another episode very soon. And until then, enjoy your life. Every little part of it. Enjoy it. All right. That's all. Bye. Bye.